What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Founders Journal. I'm Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. Before we start, I just want to thank you all for being such amazing listeners to this podcast. In 2023, hundreds of thousands of you tuned into the show, thousands of you wrote in to my email, and I had the opportunity to do what I love, which is help entrepreneurs increase their odds of success. I want 2024 to be absolutely massive, and to do that, I need to hear from you. How do you want to see this show evolve? What would make you listen to every single episode that drops in the new year? Do you want more or less guests? Do you want more tactical episodes or less tactical episodes? Do you have any crazy ideas for content that I should try out that I haven't yet done? Shoot me an email to alex at morningbrew.com and let me know what you want to see from me and Founders Journal in the new year. Now for today's episode, I am highlighting a nearly $20 million a year business that is run in a pretty unconventional way. This business has no meetings, no deadlines, and no full-time employees. The business is Gumroad, an e-commerce platform for creators, and to break it down, I chat with Sahil Lavingia, the company's founder and CEO. While the way Sahil runs Gumroad may be too unorthodox for how you run your company, I have no doubt that this episode is going to push you to think more critically and creatively about what it looks like to build a business in 2024. With that, let's hop into the episode. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, Sahil, long time no talk. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back again. Okay, so last time we chatted, we talked about just kind of uh, your reflection that you did in 2019 on the evolution of Gumroad from it being venture-backed business, kind of sites on multi-billion dollar exit or IPO to being a lifestyle company that you're gonna run profitably and grow sustainably for a long time. Now I want to focus on the way in which you run Gumroad today, because I would say by a lot of measures, it's very unorthodox, but it seems like it's worked for you and what you're building works so much that, you know, maybe we'll talk about this on a future episode. You're actually like kind of productizing what you're doing, but can you just share the way in which you run Gumroad today and it's why it's rather unconventional? Yeah. So the, the way I run Gumroad today is I think of it like an open source project, except everyone gets paid and it's not open source. So basically it's a GitHub repository that, you know, sort of is the source code for a website and a bunch of 1099 contractors, freelancers work on it uh, and they do it just like they would work on an open source Rails or something like that project where they're basically async communicating via github notion slack figma all async no zoom meetings no video no audio even um just text images code designs and i sort of product manage everything in a law big sort of kanban board in notion to just like our sort of like pipeline of stuff that we want to ship and 
Yeah, it's pretty novel, I think. I mean, I, I, very few people do it, but it's but it, but it, it's also not novel in the sense that many people do it. I think the the scale is novel, right? Like trying to say, okay, we have twenty million in revenue, we have thirty five people working like this, uh, we do you know eight or nine million in net income, and yet still we have no full time employees. Like I'm not interested in hiring a single full time employee. I want to really try to see like how far we can we can push this, and then most interestingly people can earn equity in the business as well. So they can choose to take their hourly rate and convert up to 80% of their cash into equity. And then uh, that equity entitles them to, to dividends, cash flow in the business. And that's kind of how I try to create this like long-term alignment, ownership, um, and maybe even one day control that freelancers all over the world can earn in, in the business. And do you dividend out a certain amount of money every year? Like if you're gonna do $8 million in net income this year, is there a percentage that you aim for each year? Yeah, I mean, we're still super new at this. So uh, 2023, we'll do uh, 60% of our net income. So we'll do about eight or so million in net, in net income, and then we'll dividend out about six or so million. Got it. I think like, yeah, I think it sounds, even though I'm not a software developer by training, like I have enough familiarity of like open source projects all the way from like open source, like code to even something different like Wikipedia or like, uh, ways where you just have this like contributor model that pushes things forward. And the difference here is those contributors are being paid for the work that they're doing. I think a lot of my questions come down to like, how do you ensure that things are progressing in the, in the right way? And so like, and I, and I know kind of like your mental model for all this is freedom at all costs. Like, how do you how do you allow the business to respect kind of the way in which you want to live your life and same thing with all of your employees versus the opposite? So maybe like the best way for me to understand this is to talk through one of kind of like your biggest product features within the business and how that actually worked within the construct of, construct of running the company. So at least in the article, you talk about November of 2020, you shipped uh, Gumroad memberships. You can use that as an example or if there's a more recent one, but can you walk me through like how big product features and are shipped within the business in this model? Totally. Yeah. So most things come from our customers, our creators say, hey, we really want a feature like Gumroad memberships, which was basically like, okay, we have products for sale on Gumroad. We have like a really hacky way of changing the price to do mem memberships. We want like a custom memberships, first class citizen. Uh, and that's like one line in my job basically as, as sort of the, the PM of the company is to basically turn that into like a set of atomic subtasks. It's like, okay, if we want to get there, what does that actually mean? And I do a little bit of maybe design, I do a little bit of engineering as part of that, but I come up with an, often like a Figma prototype of like what I mean. I spec it out in Notion, and then I basically ping a designer and an engineer. And I say, hey, I'm thinking about working on this, like Gumroad doing this, what do you think? They kind of look at the scope and we refine it together. And then once the scope is in a good place, we move to design. We kind of repeat the process with the scoper and the engineer contributing. And then it moves to engineering, building, and then the builder builds it with the scoper and the and the designer contributing and then ship to production. And so we basically have these like three roles, right? We have scoper, designer, and builder. Mm -hmm. And like, it's very much like kind of like this assembly line. Yeah. Of course, things can go back and forth, but there's like a very well-defined pipeline, right? Like if you're working on like an animated movie, you, know, you go from like storyboard to like keyframe painting to like 3D layout 
to like map painting to yeah, you know, same thing here whatever right like you have a process of going from like very low fidelity wireframe to a very high fidelity shipped product you just have to figure out like what are what are those functions and it's like building a car right it's just like henry ford figured out like okay you're really good at this you're really good at this you're really good at this and then boom 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 and there's sort of like a lot of design like a lot of systemic thinking you know systems thinking yeah. here there's a design system there's like an engineering code system that like there's there's a lot of skill i guess involved in like figuring out how do you build the transition points mm -hmm. between these things right um but that's kind of how we run things it's just like you can kind of see everything in this like big kanban board and say okay there's like 50 things that go are going from one line to shipped as a feature and everything is kind of like along this and it means that basically anybody in the company customer support any of those roles aforementioned fraud risk can do basically just like look Right, and they just see everything. They have full transparency, and that's kind of how we, we get things done. And the way we manage flexibility and freedom at all costs is I just say, hey, this is what I think we should get done this quarter. This is what I think feels reasonable to me. Uh, and then we kind of backfill. You know, people say, okay, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that. And then everyone just has to figure out, like, can I do my things in the next three months? And if everyone does, we'll get everything done. And then basically what it means is at the beginning and end of quarters, there's like quite a lot of like sort of more synchronous work, right? Like right now I'm starting to like plan Q, Q1 and 2024 and put together a deck for the all hands and, and, and certain things. But then from like mid-Jan mid really to like mid-March, there's like two months basically of like, I actually just become, like I either try to come up with new ideas, I yep. prototype stuff, I take a vacation, you know, like that's just, I tried basically not to do much. Uh, and I think partly the reason I run the business this way is because I don't want to pretend to work. I think there's just like so many people. I want to get Gummer to a place where the average person works like an hour a day. Maybe they make like $800 an hour, uh, but they work like an hour a day. They're producing an hour, you know, $800 plus dollars of value. They're assisted with AI to write their support tickets or code or yep. design. All this stuff is totally going to happen. And I believe the way we transition to this world is like basically right now the model is like you just do layoffs, right? You just have this, you're no longer working at the company, 17% of you because AI or because of this or right. cash flow. This. Work isn't and like I, a sliding scale. It's more of like a light switch. Exactly. And I'm like, well, I don't need five full-time designers, but I need like two part-time designers, right? And if I have part-time designers, I can pay you very well. Right. And like per hour, I can pay you very yep. well. And on an absolute basis, I can, I, I'm, it's not that expensive because I don't have to pay you like $400,000 a year with, you know, inclusive of healthcare and an office and food and all the stuff associated with providing a, yeah. a job, um, which is roughly double like what the salary may be. Uh, and so that's kind of how I think about it. It's like I just want to run a super freedom at all costs. But what it means is we are super efficient. When you're working, you are working, right? You're not grabbing a cup of coffee with your friends. You're not hanging out in the office. Like, these are not salary positions. These are hourly jobs. And what you get out of hourly, just like Uber, just like Airbnb, just like instances on AWS, you get efficiency. You get much better utilization of these assets. And that's really like the one way I think about this problem is like basically like pre COVID, we're in like all in offices, just like pre-AWS, we were all, all the servers were like in the office, literally. And 
AWS made it so you could just like build stuff from your laptop and you don't have to think about it. And I think the same thing is happening with remote work, which is like you can spin up, quote unquote, spin up a team. Obviously, it's much harder <laughs> to spin up like an engineering team than like a set of EC2 servers. But the dream is that it gets closer and closer to that. Where if I'm like, hey, I, I have 12 engineers um, and I know an engineer makes $200 an hour. So if I need one more engineer, I should just click a button. That's like Gumroad needs one more engineer and then it sends out a tweet, you know, and we get like 300 applicants and there's still obviously a lot of manual things. But then when I'm done, I just hit a like accept onboard and then they're onboarded, they get paid, they choose their equity split, they invoice, you know, they get their equity at the end of the year, yeah. they get their bonus to exercise, they get their dividends, like all that stuff is completely like it's automated. Yeah, basically you you run your company as if like the gig economy for knowledge work already existed, but it doesn't really. You're kind of like makeshifting it for what works for your company. It's interesting to think about how much this yeah. will pick up in other companies in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think about it like the gig economy is how law is done, right? Like if you think yeah, about totally, legal, yeah, yeah, this is all gigs, right? Consulting, like, same thing. Consulting or accounting yeah. often is like this. Of course, you still have a GC, you still have a lot of in-house roles, but I do think like. You know, the Ben Thompson line of like, you know, everything is, you know, how you make money is bundling or unbundling, right? The two forms of making money. And we went through a very big transition period with remote work, right? We're like this very different thing. And I don't think anyone knows exactly like what are the right roles, right? Like we don't have a PM, we have a scoper. It's slightly different than what a PM would be because the way we work is slightly different, right? Um, like I imagine that like, all this AI, AI stuff will, will like the the whole designer engineer split yeah. seems weird to me too, to be honest. Because like the designer is really having to like write code now, uh, and then the engineer like it's like actually really like everyone is a designer totally. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's you know like I don't know. There's like a lot of interesting things, uh, but yeah, I, I think of it more like functions. Like what do I need? Uh, and the, it's not really a job. It's not like a bundle job. Yeah, it's, it's more like, like resource. Yeah, it's like I need a designer. I, a designer takes, you know, Gumroad plus Notion card and turns it into design, Figma design, right? Okay. And like, there's these functions that Lambda functions that run, and it's tough sometimes because I know sometimes it sounds like transactional or something like that. But at the end of the day, I think this this is like how you should run a lot of these businesses. Yeah. Just like if you're if you're trying to do something big, I hire Cooley, I pay them like twenty five thousand dollars, and they get it done. Right, just like I built Pinterest for iPhone as a freelancer initially. Right, I didn't get any equity in it uh, because I was a freelancer. So that there's a little bit of been on cool. my shoulder that I'm trying to fix with this problem, maybe totally. uh, product. But you know, there's there's like all this cool stuff. And then yeah, it's just like if these people are earning equity and they're staying engaged in the business for a long period of time, effectively, I can just hand off the reins to them eventually. Right, like they are the scoper and the yeah. Like all I have to do is say, hey, you're now the scoper. Totally. And like, it, I, I really believe there's even even more interesting stuff we could do around like DAO type, like voting on things, um, and like prioritizing stuff in that yeah, way. Yeah, interesting. Um, Instead of right now, I, you effectively being lead PM and in choosing kind of how to prioritize. Yeah, like imagine I own let's say fifty percent of the business. Right now, my votes are one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They act as one hundred percent, but maybe they should act as fifty percent, where I can I still win. But maybe one day I own thirty percent, and then all of a sudden I can start losing. Yeah, I can start losing certain, or creators can like do a leverage buyout of totally. Or, or, or what if it was set up where actually like the extent to which you could vote on a decision was based on like 
your past performance around that decision, meaning it was like truly merit-based waiting versus just how much ownership you have of the company. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, kind of like the, the Ray Dalio Bridgewater model. Um, to, a few questions on this. One is, if you were starting Gumroad over, if you were starting a new business outside of the confines of the legal structure of Gumroad, would you start your a new company in this way? Like meaning, do you think you were able to kind of move into this way of running the business as a function of all of like kind of like the kind of like the, the things you had that existed with Gumroad or could you start this from day one with any company? I, my belief is not today, but maybe in five years, mm -hmm. honestly, I don't think even today, like running, the, like it requires a lot of custom stuff. Like we had to do build this whole product in order to run Gumroad this way. So I think of it almost like we're in like the worst part of the mid tweet meme <laughs> where like we could just do W2 salaried employees. We're trying to get to this really cool new feature where you just have like this sort of liquid uh, pool of people um, that's all vetted and, and pre-screened, et cetera. I think we can get there, but there's still like, you know, work to be done. Yep. Um, but I certainly believe, and it's funny as I talk to, especially second time founders who've exited before, where they're like, even stuff like, you know, C Corp versus S Corp and things like that, right? They're like reconsidering some decisions that like the startup industry are like would consider like pretty fundamental. Totally. Um, Cause it's like, Hey, if we're just trying to cash flow this business uh, out of the gate or as soon as possible, like we don't need QSBS. We don't need C Corps. We don't need to issue different classes of shares. We're happy to sell common, right? Yep. Um, things like that, that like, I'm very excited to see like how that, how that plays out over the next several years. But I would love to believe that. Yeah. Like in my, in, in my ideal world is I have some side project that starts taking off. I say, oh, cool. I have, I need, I would love like a million bucks to hire like two really amazing engineers. Uh, and I should just be able, just like Gumroad, like made it possible. I should just be able to like create a product, create like a landing page and say, hey, here's like the trailing 12 net income, like go through whatever's legally required, of course. These are securities. Yep. So, like we'll use regulation A plus. But, you know, you go like, raise the million dollars, you hire the two engineers, they build, and you go from there. Yeah, and if I let's say I sold twenty percent of the company, then when we issue dividends every year, sixty percent net income or whatever has been de de defined, they get twenty percent of that, right? So they just yeah. get paid back. Maybe there's a hurdle, like you can find ways. I'm sure, like if this does become more common, like there will be a new safe, like some there'll, there'll be like a new sort of like ideal mechanism. Form. For this, yeah, yeah. Maybe you get paid like up to one X first. And then it's like a, a, a split based on ownership, just like a liquidation preference, but for, um, safes or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's like ways to, to like, I think model it out. If there's the demand to switch the, the, the hard thing to your point is like, it's hard to go from one to another. Yep. It is hard to trade. Like Gumroad kind of went to zero people and back up and I was able to transition. Um, but I would love, I mean, I would really love to help people do this. Like I, like, uh, you know, we we're talking in the last time about like services, and like, this is like a service business. Like I would love to sit down with a founder and be like, Hey, you built this amazing business. It didn't turn out to IPL, but you're doing like 20 million in net income. Like let's convert the company. Maybe there's a buyback here. There's some secondary, like it is going to take some time to transition from one model to another. Even today, like Gumroad is a C corp. It's not super tax efficient. Yeah. Like, we're talking about like, what's the right structure? Like, you know, there's always going to be, uh, you know, we're never, there's always debt at the end of the day, right? Because we're moving into the future. The future always has like cool stuff that wasn't possible before. And it's like, oh shit, we should use AI to do like product creation totally. instead of like a form. Uh, but you know, we have like, we just keep, keep, keep going, right? I, keep I want to talk about a few of 
kind of the the trade-offs that come to mind as I think about this model, and I'd just be interested to hear how you think about them. The first is you talk about the need for basically like kind of any gig economy worker, almost like utilization uh, or efficiency to be super high uh, per minute or per hour that you're hiring someone. But I guess in a world in which you don't have full-time employees, my assumption is like, if you have 30 employees right now, you're not having one-on-ones with all of them. So like your ability to have oversight over them is different. And you also don't mm. have deadlines is my understanding. Like, how do you basically evaluate whether someone is good at the work they are doing or bad? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of this we have to solve if, and pro, if we want to productize it. But basically, I just asked the company. It's funny, Elon asked Parag from Twitter, uh, what did you get done last week uh, when he was trying to buy them and all this stuff. And I basically copied him. And I just I was like, this is actually kind of funny and also like very true. It's like an uncomfortable question. It is so uncomfortable. I feel like we've been uh, taught we're like asking people how they spend their time. There's something wrong in doing that because quote unquote micromanaging is a bad thing. Yeah. And I don't, you know, what I say is I don't micromanage, but I do manage, yeah. right? And like what I need to know, and I ask every Monday, uh, I ask uh, everybody in the company, what did you get done last week? And then I ask one fun question. Like this time it was like, what's your favorite salad dressing? Uh, and every Monday people just chime in, just like, you know, yeah, just in Slack. Uh, and that's it. That's literally it. And all I do, if I ever have a concern that I feel like, hey, I haven't heard from that person in a while or something, you know, I just go in or they build a lot or something, you know, I just go in and I just like do from this update and I just see their updates. And very quickly, I can see, oh, wow, they got, they shipped these five things, right? And if they didn't, then I just ping them and I say, hey, like, I haven't seen a lot, like what's going on. And that's like their hint to be like, either I'm not doing a lot of stuff or, you know, uh, I'm not doing the updates well enough. One of those two things is true. And then they, you know, the next week, their update's awesome, is back. They just had to get a little, like, reminder that this is, you know, I'm paying attention. Yeah. Um, and that's generally, like, kind of like, it's kind of like an electric fence or something like that. Uh, <laughs> but besides that, like, there isn't uh, a lot. And I honestly think, like, there's there's a couple things that that make this work so well and and I think like unreasonably well like I think people are still like probably under estimating how well this works one is people are getting equity in the business yep. right and this is a rare opportunity like Gumroad is generating the, the conversion rate is like a hundred million dollar valuation we're doing you know eight or nine million net income so it's like eight or nine percent cash yield um, free tax yeah, I guess. Yeah. but it's a good it's like a it's a good thing right it's a cool thing i'm doing for people like generally like you're not going to get a bunch of like people who are like slacking at work who are choosing to trade like cash for equity right so yeah. i think there's that i think it's very hard to get these jobs it's not like i'm hiring people off the street like i get thousands literally like this last batch we had two thousand applications i've hired two people so far so it's like one out of a thousand so every single person who works at gumroad knows if they fuck up like there's a lot of people waiting to work at Gumroad. Yeah, like yeah. it's not, you know, there's a long line. The other thing is like, I'm me. So like, you're gonna, you're not, no, I'm not the right person to like defraud basically, right? Like if you wanna like, and also working at Gumroad, and I think this is honestly the most important thing, it's hard. It's actually very hard to be productive at Gumroad. Like if you wanted to pretend to work at Gumroad, you would, you have to be amazing <laughs> because you would literally have to be like shipping products doing really good product scopes, like fixing, but like you have to ship. Yeah. You have it's to like, ship. it's like, it's a very objective role. Exactly. Yeah. And I, that's, that's a good point, right? Like I think if there was a lot of soft 
middle manager type roles where it's like, did you lead the team yeah. well, right? Um, and stuff like that. Uh, then yeah, it is hard, but like, you know, and maybe you could say, oh, this model doesn't work if you need 300 people. Yep. Uh, and maybe that's true, you know? Uh, but I, I don't know. I feel like actually maybe we, we like, why can't I have 500 people work in this way? Yeah, I've heard Tesla's kind of like this where they just, it's like super flat. Everyone has like a ton of transparency into everything. Um, because everyone's working on the car. It's just like a single, like there's like, I work on the wheels for the car. Totally. <laughs> like, you don't need a lot of, you know, it's very horizontal. You have this like very, very horizontal, very flat sort of system. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it probably doesn't work for every company, but right. for certain companies, I think you just have to figure out like, what's the deliverable that everybody has, make sure that everybody is working on something that needs to be designed or engineered, like a real thing, you know? Yep. Last question on this, and then I'll kind of punt it to you to, to talk about any other trade-offs or kind of um, sticking points you've run into as you've built this model. But the, the other one that stands out to me is culture. Like, can you have culture, whatever that means, with this model or not mm -hmm. really? Like, how do you think about that? I mean, I think you always have culture, right? At the end of the day, you have some degree of something has brought you guys together yep. in a slack right and it's like we did a retreat in rome hadn't seen most of these people ever and it was super fun because people have all these shared interests you don't know what they're going to be and humans are humans like we're all very similar compared to like snakes and stuff right <laughs> so so we're like we all get along roughly you know pretty pretty well obviously like there's probably like people have crazy opinions in their own heads people are coming from all their different own cultures and family histories and backgrounds but like it's fun to hang out with people uh, it just, it's just fun. And so I think we do that. We, we do in person. I still think that's important. I just don't do the fake stuff. Like, I just like, I don't want to hang out on zoom and do happy hour. Like that's just not that compelling to me. I'd rather like fly to Rome and hang out and grab a drink, yep. you know, like that's really fun. And we're even thinking about getting an office in New York. So we can like do stuff every once in a while together. And that would be really cool. Um, I do think there are other trade-offs. Uh, I think recruiting is hard. I think the culture isn't that bad or missing in my opinion but it's scary to people who haven't experienced it before so i do think like even getting an office like maybe there's like a physical component where you onboard in person like college right you onboard in person and then you can go remote yep. or, or or whatnot right so i think there there are things we can do to you know recruiting is hard when you basically can't train anyone in person you have to like go straight to super senior type people uh there's not that many of those kinds of people uh, so there's, you know, that trade off, I, I would say like scaling is hard. If you're trying to scale it, then do the normal thing, W2 healthcare, all that stuff. Right. right? But if you're trying to build like a, a different kind of company and work this kind of way and you have a product and like the truth is like Gumroad, like it doesn't need like 30 full-time people. It really doesn't, you know? Um, and I just feel like it would be wasteful. Right. But I want to employ people. Totally. There are 30 people working on it because each person can contribute. And maybe in the future, you could have like 300 people who are all working like a few hours. Yeah. Right. Number can't afford it. But what if we could trade equity? What if we were like, hey, we can't hire you right now. We don't have the cash. Uh, or we'd rather like dividend out the cash. But like if you want to earn for dividends, maybe there's a way, you know, like there's all this interesting stuff that I think yeah. um, if you're not just so focused on just like the growth, like hiring people to ship product and also like this R&D tax stuff is changing. So like. I don't know. There's a lot of interesting stuff I think will, will happen. 
uh, that will make this more appealing. Yeah. Um, but I would say the biggest trade-off is like, yeah, you're just doing something different. And every time you do something that's like different from the norm, you're going to lose a lot of people. Yep. That and makes sense. I feel what like, it takes when you're trying to build something novel, right? Yeah. I, I think kind of what I think is coolest about this or one of the things that's coolest is it's showing how wildly inefficient many companies are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's, and that's fine. Honestly, a lot of people, they're fine running very efficient, inefficient companies as long as they get their paycheck and like they're still doing great. Their yeah. valuation of the company is so high, whatever. I just, I just look at it. I'm like, yeah, there are just trade offs like, of that that you don't necessarily want to subscribe to. Yeah, I'm like, I'd rather this engineer who's absolutely amazing, like go work at OpenAI and actually contribute a lot of value to the world. I don't want to pay them to sit there, yeah. even if it makes my valuation like go up a little bit. Totally. You know, like that just doesn't feel like the right. So it feels like we're in a little bit of a prisoner's dilemma sometimes. Super interesting. Well, yeah. I'm excited to see basically a kind of like a live experiment going on of how big can a company get building in this way? And I think my hope is that it gets very big because to me, that'll be kind of like the best almost like wedge or like evidence for people to see that this is possible. Yeah. And I think the board meetings that I do on YouTube, like the goal is to show people like, hey, if we pull it off, like this is how we pulled it off. This is the changes we had to make, the yep. learnings we had to make. These are things we completely got wrong about this model, you know, like, oh, it turns out like it's a, uh, you know, we, we like it's really complicated to give people equity, like a swap for cash for equity, because you have to like basically accounting wise, like hold this like spot yeah. of which they've given up, but haven't. And like all this compliance, it's luckily it's great because we have a super tight integration with our own QuickBooks account. So it's all automated, you know, and this like it's a systems thing. Like the CFO doesn't have to go in every month and totally. be like, oh, how many people did that? Like, fuck, like, you know, it's all uh, it's all automated. Um, but that's. Yeah, that's the that's the value. Like, is scale. Like, can we take this weird, quirky thing? Uh, that is how every coffee shop is run like this, right? It's just like freelancers and like ten and nine people and blah blah blah. Um, and say, hey, what if we just like softwareize this? Super um, interesting. So yeah, it's gonna, it. be, it's gonna be interesting to see like the the first company that embraces this uh, this way of working. Uh, yeah, that and is then not. I think it's yeah, it's super interesting to think about like what is the platform if people start embracing it, what does the platform look like to actually kind of be the you know, to, to use the, t the tired, uh, analogy, the AWS for kind of like what I would call like modular or scaled knowledge work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, is there even like a marketplace for these companies, exactly. right? If, you're, if you have like 50 of these amazingly well-run businesses, uh, you know, like why can't I invest in that cash flow? Totally. Like I want to chunk, you know? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of interesting, stuff if you can get like it's you know a lot of it is like the promise of crypto right it's like the promise of crypto but unfortunately crypto is so far outside of like the legal framework for people that it just hasn't been like no company is like figma is not going to say oh we didn't get bought by adobe we're going to go on chain yeah right totally no they're, they're going to go ipo because that's like the the regulated thing but like if we could offer something that's like hey what if you diy po'd and you run your own process and you run your own book but you, instead of paying a million dollars a year to the nasdaq or New York Stock Exchange and all the people you have, uh, and they have all these requirements of your board, like you just have a piece of SaaS, and then you just say, hey, this is, you know, we're issuing like a $4 million dividend quarterly. Yep. Or, I mean, in my view, like at some point, what if you could, every month, you know, you close the books for the month, and then you, you say, hey, we did this much in net income, and you dividend it out, or you put it in everyone's account, they can choose to withdraw when they want, or they can even choose to reinvest it in the company. Like there's all sorts of fun. It's really interesting stuff you can do it just 
always manual, right? Like the problem, you can do all of these things. You just have to pay your lawyer and an accountant. And so, because every single transaction is like a business legal yeah. sort of, you know, highly regulated securities transaction. Um, if, but if, if only quarter, there was a piece of software that let you do this. If only, if only. So yeah, I'm very excited to see how that goes. Totally. Cool, man. Well, thanks for joining uh, the pod again and uh, looking forward to have more conversations in the future. Yeah, likewise. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Founders Journal. As I mentioned at the top, I want to make 2024 the best year yet for this podcast and for your businesses. To do that, I want to hear from as many of you as possible. Shoot me an email to alex at morningbrew.com and share any recommendations you have for the show, ranging from specific topic ideas to changes or new things you want to see me try out with the show. As always, thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I'll catch you next episode.